Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Beyond with Mike Kelton Season 3 is brought to you by Happy Buddha Hemp. Happy Buddha Hemp has my all-time favorite CBD gummies that I literally cannot live without. All the details on my fave nightly treats and sick discounts are coming your way, Carol. But for now... Let's get this episode started, shall we? Now, as you all know, we here at Beyond love movies, especially if they're about ghosts. We love movies, and you know we love movie podcast. Yes, Bish. And now, one of the greatest movie podcasts of all time, that's literally no joke, it's actually the best, is available right here on Forever Dog Podcast Network. It's called Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. This beloved podcast reviews films with leading actors of color and analyzes them in the context of race and Hollywood's diversity issues. And also, it's funny as shit, and it's a pleasure to listen to. And some of my best friends are the hosts of it. Jump into Black Man Can't Jump today. Gerard, James, and John have an incredible back catalog of over 150 movies that you can check out right now. And they have brand new episodes every Monday featuring discussions about brand new movies like Night School... Black Klansmen, Crazy Rich Asians, Black Panther, whatever the big movie out this weekend is, the guys are on it. And you want to be in on the conversations. So, movie lovers, culture lovers, politic lovers, comedy lovers, this is your new favorite show. Subscribe to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts today. Hello, Beyond listeners. It's me, Tilda Swinton. And I have a little ask. So for our finale episode of this season of Beyond, we're doing an episode all about dreams. It's going to be very fun. I'm honestly very excited about it. We have a dream interpreter that's going to be our guest. And I'm going to talk about my dreams. And guess what? We're going to talk about your dreams. A lot of people have reached out to me and told me that they've had crazy dreams because of listening to this pod, which we love and that's spooky. So here's what you're going to do. If you want your dream to be interpreted on the season finale of Beyond, send us an email to beyondpodcastfd at gmail.com. That's beyondpodcastfd, F as in forever, D as in dog, at gmail.com. And what you're going to send us is a voice memo that you record on your phone of your dream. Don't get nervous about it. We will not judge your dream or the way that you tell it. Just send it to us. And if we love, or even if we're like, what is, we'll probably use it on the episode and your dream will be interpreted. So send us those dreams. And on the finale, in like a month or so, your dream might be on the finale episode of season one. And we love. Are you ready for the app? Let's do it. Part three. Go, baby, go. Forever. Dog. The fact of the matter is that there may have been a, a darker energy that's going on there. There's, first of all, there were other people who had crossed in the space that I don't know that we ever really talked about, um, who had died there prior to it even being cured for a shop. But besides that, more concerning is the potential for an elemental. He was a flapper in a past life. He's a comedian in 
this life. Beyond. He's got a podcast about it. Everything he loves. Magic, magic, psychic, psychic, mediums, astrology. Beyond. Hi, I'm Mike Kelton, and you're listening to... Welcome to the finale of The Haunting at Cure Thrift Shop. Just to remind you guys, this was a real-life haunting I found myself wrapped up in literally two months ago. It's like paranormal activity, but IRL. Now, a lot of information has been thrown out there so far, and I would love to recap for you guys, but honestly, it's too much. And if you're the kind of person that listens to a part three before a part one and a part two, I honestly don't know if I can trust you. And you live on the edge, and I love that for you. But hopefully you do know what's up, which will make the rest of this episode make total sense. And now, let's set the scene. Me, Asa, Liz, and her employees are sitting in our witch's circle on the first floor of Cure Thrift Shop. Asa, the magical medium, confirmed we had some very bad vibes in the base. So, we made a totally normal to-do list. One, help clear out the energy vortex. Two, Get rid of the darkness in the basement. Three, figure out what if Nikki Haskell only eats hot dogs. Just kidding. <laughs> Everyone knows she only eats hot dogs. And three, for real, we had to help Liz's old employee cross over to the other side. So what you're going to hear next is us chatting about literally that. And what can we do for downstairs? Yeah, we're going to have to lift that energy. Okay. <laughs> I have to think about that. Okay. I brought a few things. I just don't want to dig through my okay. bag while we're... Okay. Sitting here, I can. If you give me a minute to pause, I'll see what I brought. And, cool. Yeah. Know. Let's pause and then let's uh, figure that out. If you're on board with that. Totally. So at this time, after almost two hours of talking about spirits and getting to the bottom of this dark energy in the base, we got up. We did a collective Uja E yoga breath, and we followed Asa downstairs as a group into the vortex and got ready to do whatever we were about to do. How do you feel now about what's about to happen? I feel great. And I also kind of feel validated in a way. And like that, what I was thinking about is what happened, what actually is happening. What you want to do if you're doing something like this is call in your guides, right? Here. And this is where I called in my grandpa, Bob. And I welcome you listening to call in your guides. And by your guides, I mean my grandpa, Bob, because you know, he loves... So I don't know, do you have any, uh, so non-religious, do you have any guides or angels or, you know, spirits that you feel like support you particularly? My cat. <laughs> I love it. Okay. We'll start with the cat. Sorry, right. <laughs> it's Bella. Oh. Okay. Here, give me your hands a second. Just for a minute. Okay. Just, just give me your hands, okay? Here, Relax. You can laugh, but just relax okay. your arms. I don't care about your okay. laughing. I care about okay. your, your tension. There you go. Okay, hang on a second. Turn your hands over. How do you feel? Fine, good. What do you feel in your heart? Can you connect to your heart? Who makes your heart open? Your cat, right? Well... No, my my kid, my son. Okay, does, there you go. All right, it's okay from that. Let your shoulders down. Let all your tension go. 
Let all that noise in your head just drain out of you. How? And just connect down into your feet. And just take a moment and just be aware of nothing more than the space. Don't even look at me. Let go. Just be aware. And it's okay. You can cry. Let it out. What I want you to do is just be aware of the space between your feet and the floor. So just connect and let your attention, literally, don't think about it, but just let your attention rest on the bottom of your feet. You can all do that. You feel that? Right? And then you get nice and grounded, right? And your emotions come up. What are you feeling? You don't know, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just know. emotion. And what you're feeling is the space. You're getting, you're plugging in. This is about getting grounded. And this is what we don't do. We exist in our head so much, especially in this city, you know, and all the noise and all the stuff coming at us. And we have to respond to it all the time. And we stop resting in our bodies. And if we would just take time to do something, you know, people are so focused on meditating and uh, trying to meditate for 20 minutes or a half hour and the right technique and quieting their minds. But if they would just take some time to rest their attention on either the palms of their hands or the bottom of their feet, they would find that their whole nervous system would just calm down. They would just be in their body and be present. And now you're plugged in, you're connected. It's that simple. And so now that you're connected, you can invite in any guides, any angels, any healers, any protectors that may connect you, that are willing to come in and support you in this space at this time. That they can begin to create a circle around us and protect the space. And only allowing in those things that are here to help us in love, light, and for the highest good of not only us, but for the spirits that live here, that come through here, the guests that come and <laughs> hang out and go. How does that feel? Good. It's great. So with that in mind, I want you to, in respect of them, light that candle. And as you light the candle, the intention is that that fire will hold space and expand this energy in this room, right? Because as that burns, we're lighting our sacred fires. We have this big bonfire of energy coming out of that little candle. So now, I did bring, can I give you some blessed water? Yeah. So just rinse your hands. So what you're hearing right now is Asa prepping us for this ritual. And once he got Liz connected and grounded... He made Liz light this candle, and then he walked around the circle and gave all of us blessed water for our hands. And when I think back to how I was feeling in this moment, I remember that the energy in the room was so heavy and present, it were as if someone else had entered the room. And so, first thing we want to do is send on his way, right? Yes. Yeah, let's hold space. So close your eyes for a moment. Just think about him. You can see his, see him, his image. It's okay. And I want you to imagine him like wrapped in like a tube of light, and ask that his guides and ancestors and angels surround him, and that. If we can in this space, we have eight of us here. But the eight of us, all together, ask that our own families and friends and guides that we have help support to cross over, to be guided to peace, 
Then he can return back to his ancestors and those who want to support him in his soul's evolution. Is there anything you want to say to him or for him? We can let go of hands now for him. Can I say it not out loud? Yes. <laughs> sure. You know, one of the important factors is was connected to her, and so she's also an anchor of his energy coming here. So it's him being lost, but it's also her and her unresolved with him being lost. It really matters. You know, if you hear about somebody, it could be somebody you don't even know, but you hear a sad story and it sticks to you and it... You know, if you can't let it go, sometimes a good idea is to go light a candle in the church, say a prayer, or just do something that honors them. You know, you can do it in the park. No, I, I feel a difference. I like, I don't know. I feel completely different. So? It does feel, I feel different. I'm also like very, I feel like connected to spaces and energy. And I feel like very different. When we were down here, I was like, wow, I'm hot in weird places on my body. Like not just like it's hot, but I'm like, I, my body That's, feels and I'm not, I'm finally not, I've been sweating this entire yeah, time, like drenched. And I'm not anymore. I feel, I feel coolness in me. Like I, and I've been hot. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I like, literally feel cooler. But I'm going to tell you, this room is full of guides that we called in. You know, and so it's also about thanking them. Invite them in every day. Okay. It's sacred space, you know, to ground it. There's a lot of energy that comes with us. You guys have a lot of energy around you. We all do. And we bring it with us all the time. You know, personally, every day, you guys can do it yourself. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, your space or, or that you want to be a psychic or anything. It's, like, realize that, that we're connected to that other side. And it's not, you know, the special psychic person. But it's all of us because we're all made of the same stuff. We all have this ability. It's 20% knowledge, 80% exercise, you know, just like physical fitness, right? 20% is -hmm. doing the right exercises. 80% is actually getting your ass out there and doing it. Same as for developing these abilities. So create a practice of connecting. And I'll tell you, you will be connected. You'll know. So you were aware that something was happening. What you weren't doing is going to the next step and saying, oh, wait, this is my space still. Sorry, spirit. This This is my space. You were doing it with people. I'm the curator. But you weren't telling them, like, I'm the curator. It's because I let him also, this was his space. Right. <laughs> this and was so his in space. in releasing him, right. you were also claiming it back for yours, right. which is why we lit the candle and yep. did, no, totally. had to pay the blessing. And, you know, we talked a little bit about before, I don't know if that was on there or not, but that this is, you know, you let everybody run this space, but you, you don't come down here and put your energy in here. The energy you put in here is I hate it. I don't want to be here. There's a problem with that. So you were also cutting off. You can't have space and not put energy into it. It's not good. Liz, how do you feel right now? I feel good i feel i feel confused and conflicted and i i feel good but i have a lot to think about and like figure out within myself uh-huh. was some of the stuff that asa said helpful to you in like a oh this will be helpful down the road Absolutely. and in my life at 100 percent. yeah and like i want to continue i want to like continue speaking to him and <laughs> Hear more not being recorded and, you know, more intimately, absolutely. And this is this is also my first experience doing anything like this, and which is funny because I think about it constantly. Yeah, and I'd like to say that uh, I think the block 
is mm-hmm. really just knowing like it's safe for you to drop in and feel this way. I think you have so much emotion and so many feelings and you're, you're constantly taking in that you're like afraid that if you drop in that it's going to all overwhelm you. Exactly. And that's what I was <laughs> yeah. getting. And, I, and so when I was the block and I was saying just relax and I don't care if you laugh. I was just trying to say like let's just start with relaxing your body because what I'm going to tell you is the opposite's always going to happen. That it's not going to not only is it not going to overwhelm you it's going to ground you. And it's just going to be able to flow through you. So you're going to be able to feel that and experience it and not feel like you're carrying it because you're holding it all up here instead of letting it just move through you. It's just energy. You know, we're conduits, we're channels. So we left Cure Thrift Shop around 1 a.m. feeling awesome. We had gotten to the bottom of what was haunting Liz and her shop. We did a ritual. We helped Liz's old employee pass on. And as Alex, Joe, and I rolled down the window in our Uber on the way back to Brooklyn, we all silently agreed that we had learned something that night. Ghosts are real, but not out of our control. We decide how much of an effect ghosts are allowed to have on us. By acknowledging and honoring those spirits, we can clear our space, heads, and hearts. And that's exactly what Liz did. We learned that she ultimately was the anchor for this energy. And even though it has been haunting her for years... This ritual and new perspective on her space seemed like it totally allowed her to feel in control again. Cure Thrift Shop felt like her space again. And we felt like we were fucking ghost hunters, which I gotta tell you, felt pretty cool. But then, a week later, things changed. So I was in the studio scrolling through Instagram, and I saw Liz posted a video of an insane flooding in the shop. And my first thought was, fuck, we didn't get rid of the vortex. We ripped that baby wide open. Listen literally to audio of this real Instagram video happening a week after we cleared the space. Literally listen. You're going to lose it. Guys, yes, literally rivers were running through the shop. It was underwater. Cure Thrift Shop was the shape of water, which reminded me of something Liz said when we first arrived in regards to the dark energy manifesting the shop after I first went there for the MTV Live about two and a half months ago. We had crazy flooding in here. Water's pouring in, electrical problems. We're getting electrocuted, plugging stuff in. If the water was a response to the spirits in the shop, whether it be Ava, the creepy guy with the pants, someone at a rave in the 80s with Nikki Haskell, or Liz's old employee, somebody was really pissed that we tried to evict them, and now they're flooding the shop. I'm literally mortified, and I feel 100% responsible, and because I'm so embarrassed and a baby bitch, I didn't call Liz. I hid. I didn't even post on Insta Story for a couple days, and that's a lot for me. And if things could not have gotten any more spooky, the day part one came out, actually, the day after, I got an email from Asa that made me think this was more than flooding. And because I got this email while I was in the studio working on another episode of Beyond with Alex, what you're going to hear next is me reading this email in real time to Al. So episode part one launched yesterday morning, and I received this email last night. It's from Asa. Hey, Mike. When I left Cure, I had it in my head to follow up with Liz, and I realized that this never happened. 
I would like to arrange that and see if the releasing of the spirits there did the job. If they didn't, I'm going to offer to go back and do a contain and banish ritual for whatever might still be haunting the place. Let me, please send me Liz's email, Asa. A contain? I'm not going. I'm not going. (laughs) Why? Contain and banish? Contain and banish. I literally think I've seen this on an episode of Charmed. They contain the spirit, and then they banish it. So, after reading this email, I needed to call Ace to figure out what the hell an elemental was, and if it was there, what we had to do to get rid of it. Can you kind of, like, explain that email to me? Yeah, so it's not that there definitely was something else happening, but there was a potential. So the thing that was happening in Liz's shop is there was there were so many different spirits. There was so much different energy that was happening in one space um, that uh, we needed to first deal with like uh, that, I forget her name, but the woman whose estate who was Ava. hanging around and who was confused about her being her daughter at uh-huh. this time. And so we, we wanted to help her. So yeah. then we have the other thing with where, you know, we helped him cross over, you know, um, but the fact of the matter is that there may have been a, a darker energy that's going on there. There's, first of all, there were other people who had crossed in the space that I don't know that we ever really talked about, um, who had died there prior to it even being uh, Liz's space, before it was ever cure thrift shop. Um, but, but besides that, more concerning is the potential for an elemental energy that might be there. And elemental spirits, you can Google it, basically, you know, they're, they're spirits that have never been in a body that uh, come from the different elemental realms, water, earth, air, fire. They're the, the spirits of those realms. And so my one concern is that there might be a elemental spirit that's in there that's causing all the flooding and the well, water stuff happening. Now I'm so, also concerned because <laughs> that, that sounds like a that sounds like a, a kind of a bigger thing than a person or a spirit that was there, right? An elemental spirit? Well, it is, and it's also even bigger because, see, remember, I really think that and the fellow there got really dark towards the his, while he was there. Like, I mm-hmm. think something really broke in him, and things got really dark in him. I think we talked about this. And so I think those dark things may have led to darker things, and if that's the case, he may have really fed that elemental energy into a darker space. So not all elementals are dark, let's be clear. There's elemental spirits around us all the time, and they support us, they interact with us, they are you know, a, a part of our life, whether we realize it or not. But then there's where you start to get like a haunting of an elemental, sort of a disrupted elemental. That, that And when they are that, they're mischievous. They're mischievous anyway. Basically think in terms of like fairies and fairy tales, right? The mm-hmm. fairies are always sort of a little mischievous, right? Yeah. And then you usually get a, we and love, then you get they're a, like fun, like Puck, right? In exactly. We love. Yes. And then you get, but if you get a dark one, there's nothing sort of more mischievous and, and darker in some ways. It can be really uh, just disconcerting some of the questions from the guys was like was when when i talked about doing this call for the episode they were like well we of course believe you were like oh this is real shit but they were like why didn't asa say this when we were there and i was like that's a good question i thought it's because you knew that liz's biggest issue was her connection to the basement in regards to this person and so you were like the best thing i can do for liz now is help pass on um, move on. No, I. It was the next step. It wasn't necessarily that, that was. A, I mean, if this elemental is there, it's something else that needs to be cleared. So and so, no. and the best thing I can do is help her get to the place where that clears. But the most important thing is remember, this is really important. Um, 
I kept talking about the fact that there was a vortex that had been created down there, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So a vortex is basically, let's say, it's a concentration of energy, okay? Right? It's a spinning concentration of energy that begins to feed upon itself. I and use, so, maybe my the my phrase might be like, I don't know if you watch Buffy, but the Hellmouth in Buffy. Okay. Uh, it was under it? the basement at uh, Sunnydale High. Oh, I have no idea, but okay, okay, yes. So, all right, Hellmouth this vortex so that energy is there okay okay and so the vortex will magnify whatever is in its space you know it, it it just magnifies that good or bad you know it has a tendency to get fed by it um it can get programmed to feed a certain type of energy all the time so you can have a dark vortex or a light vortex or you can just have an energetic vortex so if there's darkness in the room it might get darker or there's arguments arguments might get louder or if you're doing a peace operation they might get more peaceful like it just is, it just is a spinning energy we want to see how the energy has changed in the room and we want to see how the temperature has changed of the whole situation and what we don't want is anybody projecting onto that right at this moment okay. so it was really important and I've just learned this from years. Back in the day, I would have said, these are all the possibilities. I would have given the whole download. But what I've learned over the years is that <clears throat> it becomes really hard for me to, to, to decipher when I talk back to people, mm-hmm. what is actually manifesting and happening around them is actually their drama and their noise and their fears, as opposed to what's really happening in the situation. So now I've learned to just leave it alone. They've been living with this energy that's there and they've survived it this long. Let's leave them alone. <laughs> See if it's still there and take it from there. So that's why I didn't say anything. You know, I'm going to ask specific questions to understand, you know, what's what's happening in the space, not just her perception. Like we'll a real practitioner here. All right, so, Asa, are you down to call Liz now and figure out what's been going on with her past uh, as a recap as slash like if there's an elemental. Let's, let's check in. There. Yeah, okay. let's let's check in with Liz. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to add her in to the call. Carol. My spirit guides have a message for you. Just kidding. They had nothing to do with this, but I genuinely want to let you know about some of my fave new things that have made my life and sleep habits a bit more chill and vibe-worthy in the past year. CBD products from our season three presenting sponsor, the iconic Happy Buddha Hemp. I've been truly obsessed with the full spectrum CBD gummies for a while now. And I gotta say, sleeping through the night is an absolute vibe. It's made me more alert during the day and brought my general anxiety to an all-time low, which is a vibe. If you haven't tried CBD products before, don't fret, Carol. I was also a noob when I tried Happy Buddha Hemp products and I quickly found the perfect dose for me. I recommend starting with the gummies and taking half of one 30 minutes before bed and see how it feels. The next night, do the same amount or go even further to really connect with your subconscious in the dream world. I can confidently tell you that I have tried and love all of the HBH products, which is why I literally asked them to sponsor my podcast. I know, it's sick. So if you want to get in on the CBD life, head over to happybuddahemp.com and use the code BEYOND for 30% off. Again, it's 30% off at happybuddahemp.com using the code BEYOND. This works for all of the products, Carol. So go ham and have a good day. <laughs> so I got my baby blanket, which I genuinely have. And we gave Liz a call to see what was going on. And fingers crossed, Liz had it under control because 
I did not want to banish an elemental spirit on literally the devil's birthday, Halloween. I'm not sure if it's the devil's birthday, but a kid trick-or-treating told me and Andrew it was. So honestly, I'm saying it's a devil's bee. So Asa and I gave Liz a call to see what the hellmouth was going on. Hi. Here we are. Hi, Liz. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. It's nice to talk to you again. So we wanted to call and catch up. And I, you know, we've been in contact, Liz. I think it's important for the listeners to know that we've been in contact and just like kind of texted a bit and like Insta DM'd and just been like kikiing via social media, which I totally appreciate. But we have not really like caught up up since uh, since we did this, right? Right. I was going to say, and I haven't talked to you at all Liz, since that night. No. I met I met you that night, and it's the last time I walked away. And um, I really um, had talked to Mike that I wanted to follow up with you. I wanted to uh, find out what is what's been happening since then. I wanted to sort of do a follow up checkup with you uh, okay. about the space and how things have been, what's changed or not changed, you know. And we'd love to just sort of get your take on on where things are right now. So things are amazing here. <laughs> Which is, and right now I'm actually sitting in the very back of the store upstairs, but above where all of the insanity was. But I have spent so much time in the basement and so much time in the back, and it is completely fine. I don't feel any negative energy anymore. I have been decorating downstairs and enjoying it. Um, the our sales are up. The customers are happy. Like everything has been fantastic. That's so, great. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, now, I seem to remember you were having a lot of problems with uh, elements, right? With the waters and leaks and different things that were going on, right? Because we saw a week after we did the, we recorded the episode on your Instagram, there was like insane flooding in the store. Yeah. I mean, the, the store, it was, there were really heavy rains, but the water came through the shop like it has never before. I mean, it was, it was pouring in the same way that it was outside. And every my staff, everyone was running around like crazy, not knowing what to do. And I just sat down with my coffee and watched the water pour through. And I had this realization in this moment that it was like a cleansing of the store after everything that we had been through, after everything that I had been through without you guys and then with you in the shop. And I viewed it as being a good thing and this like final cleansing for me and for the shop. And then I have another question. How are your relationships with your employees? How's your relationships at home? Your husband, Fantastic. your kids? Amazing. You know? Really, really, really good. The relation, And with the staff yesterday, I had this incredible bonding day with everyone. And we, we didn't work. We just kind of regrouped to see where we were all at and where we want our futures to be. And I, I feel very grounded and good in all of my relationships right now, which is, it's nice. So, so Liz, one of the reasons I want to talk to you about, there was a potential for there to be another spirit connected to the store, and it's an okay. elemental spirit, which would be a spirit of the, the elements. So water, basically, is the one that I was concerned with. Okay. Um, and they're, they're, they're spirits that have never been in human form, but they, they, are, uh, they're, they can penetrate through to the human realm, and it can be, they can be mischievous. They're often sweet and loving and kind and supportive, but it can also go dark really easily too. And I think that there was an interaction with this elemental energy and, uh, and, and so, and I think, and I think it was from before it was there before you ever even had the store. So it's something that was a, an old energy. And I believe, you know, I really thought there was, um, 
some kind of events or parties that were down in there. I think I mentioned it to you. And then you, right, you did. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, so one of the things that, so I was just concerned that we would have to really banish and clear that. However, other energies had to be released first. We first had to help cross. We had to help Ava, you know, we had to do other work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that happens then, and this, what this tells me, and this is really awesome, by the way, it tells me that the elemental spirit that you have there isn't, isn't really, wasn't really a dark elemental. What happened was that it was, it was getting twisted up with the vortex that's there with the dark energy that had been in there, the disruptiveness of that energy. And so things were being disrupted and the, uh, it was causing the floods. It was causing all, wreaking a lot of havoc basically. Wow. So what I think has happened, remember I asked you to really love the space, to set an altar, to really honor the spirit that was there. And I, I did that on purpose as well, because it wasn't just, you know, you were thinking in the moment that it was about the clothes and the spirits that come with them and, and all the souls that are sort of connected to that, which is definitely a part of it. Those ancestors do come through that space and we can tap into that there. Um, but it wasn't just about that. It was also about the idea of the elemental or whatever energy was there and, and really bringing a heart energy that might be able to bring it back to a peaceful state. Hmm. And, and I wasn't expecting that it would work or not, but that's what I would say <laughs> from that. But my question is, what is the flood well, then? What was the flood a week later? Was that like a cleansing of that energy? Probably. It was probably either a cleansing of the energy. Um, it also may have been, remember, they had just... So I'm saying we we first helped those spirits, right? Cross over. We did our, we did our work around the neighbor. Um, but then I left her with certain instructions with the, to actually put gifts out, to do certain things for the spirit, for the space. So I'm saying that also with those other energies gone, it may have been that in that week, that energy was still clearing, you know, just because we clear, it doesn't mean they're all cleared in that night. I'm saying it's still been clearing. It's still shifting even now. And actually keeping this, you know, that there's still a vortex. There's still an energy that's there. It's just that, as I told you, a vortex is an energy, like a matrix of energy spinning, right? In this spot, you have this vortex. That vortex is still there. It's not necessarily negative or positive. It's just it's, now is it's, it's now positive. It's what's right. It's what's fed around it. And mm-hmm. so what was fed around it was dark. It was disruptive. And I mean, it even had mental illness in it, right? So it was fed with all of that energy. And mm-hmm. so now the vortex has been changed. And I think the key in all of it was Liz owning it. My biggest takeaway, and I love that you guys were here and I appreciate it, but my biggest takeaway was that I needed to take ownership of the space and love it again and give it my, my proper attention and, and be true to myself. And I really, that, and it was amazing how I felt after we all met, like just wanting to get back to that. And I dove right in and made it happen. And that just sort of circles back to exactly why I didn't mention the elemental that night, because our energy impacts the space we're in each and every one of us. And especially if it's our space. You know, if I come into your space, I'm still never going to have the same level of impact on your space as you will. It's yours. You know, you, you claim it, right? You're filling it every day. And so it's so important that we're conscious, all of us as human beings, with the energy that we put it in our space, the intentions that we surround it, the way we love it. You know, you listen to people saying, you know, I hate this place. I really want to move. I want to move. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I can't tell you the amount of people that have been stuck in places for years and they come into my office and I'll tell them, look, go home and love that space. Move back mm-hmm. in. Move in, and you will get to move out. That's a, <laughs> but you're actually, yeah. like in a sense, you're casting a spell with the constant perseveration of negativity around 
wanting, you know, not liking a place or wanting to be out of it, it actually becomes a binding spell of sorts and keeps mm-hmm. you locked in instead of the opposite. So, you know, the minute you went in and started changing your energy and your relationship to your space, the energy in the space was able to change, you know? And, and then, by the way, that's not to say that every, you know, I, I think if had we not cleared and helped cross and cleared some of the energy that was there, I, I think it may have been a little bit harder. It's not to say that that energy wasn't then having an impact, but we cleared it. So we made space for that to happen again. Now, we're loving this call, and it was going better than expected. But one thing I found maybe most important about this phone call was Liz's newfound feelings in regards to her old employee. And when I heard her say this in real time, I got chills. So, you know, when I first hired him, I loved him. He was wonderful. And then, of course, I told you that things went sour, and I you know, noticed that there were a lot of things going wrong with him. And there was a lot of negativity and just, like, ugliness that happened when he finally did leave the shop. And any time that I've thought about him through these years, it's always been with a bad taste in my mouth. You know, I, I think of him negatively. I'm mad at him for what he did and the way that he behaved. And and I was even I was even angry in the moment when I when I realized that he was the one who was in the shop and causing all of this. You know, again it was like of course he's doing it. Like he's that's the kind of stuff that he did. And then after, you know, we finished that night and I started to look at him more and think about him and and look at old photos and videos, you know, from YouTube of him dressing the mannequins and all this different stuff. I realized that he was a wonderful person and he was incredibly talented and beautiful and he contributed so much to the shop's success in the beginning. And that, you know, what he contributed has definitely carried through over these, you know, this past decade. And from this, I have stopped being mad at him. And I've, and I've really just opened my eyes to the fact that he was wonderful and he, he was suffering. And I don't need to be angry at him for the way that he was suffering anymore. And I think that moving on from that for me has definitely released so much of the negative energy in the shop and just appreciating the beautiful person that he was. Guys, Asa and I are now ghost hunters, and we're currently looking for a WeWork space, but that's honestly besides the point, because it's the end of this three-part trilogy, and you guys made it. And I have to tell you that this process and epic journey has made me even more of a believer in this stuff. I went into this process thinking it was fun and spooky, but what I found was that this stuff is real and has more to do with us, living humans like me and you, subscriber, than I originally thought. Our actions and feelings towards our space and who has come and gone in the space affects how we exist in it. And if it's a thrift store in the East Village, it affects how other people exist in it as well. And the most beautiful takeaway in regards to Liz's journey was her full circle relationship with the memory of her old employee. They first met under the best terms. They complemented each other in the space and brought joy and creativity to each other's lives. Over time, that changed. And now that Liz was able to fully cleanse her space, she was able to remember the beautiful parts about this person. And to me, from the outside looking in, I find that the most important and special part about this story. And for those listening with an issue with your space, babe, use Asa's tips. He's literally a magical medium. Call in your guides, light a candle, and love your space. And if that doesn't help, honestly, call us. 
We're at a WeWork space somewhere, drinking the beer or kombucha. I am literally down to do an episode for season two on your dark vortex. And finally, for those of you on this three-part journey that have been with us and loving and DMing me, I love you and I have a treat for you. I would like to leave you with something bone-chilling. I have an update on the pants. So, Liz, you told me something on the day of the recording that was not recorded, and I wanted to follow up about it because it put some pieces together about the pants. Can you tell me the story about the person who found the pants on the truck and what what they realized when they picked these off the truck? Yes. So when, so I had said before that it was, I lived two doors down from the shop and the shop was closed that day when they were setting up for Tell Me a Story for the filming. They were making, you know, creating the whole set inside the shop. And while I was finishing up with my movers, this junk truck pulled up and it was filled and I, I ripped open a couple of bags and I saw that it was all really good men's vintage that I couldn't turn down but the shop was closed and I didn't know what to do and they and we were able to get into the basement but I couldn't go through the entire truck because I was busy with my movers then my sister just happened to walk up at that moment so she hopped onto the truck which I've actually never let her do at all you know she's with me all the time here but Mm -hmm. I've never let her go up onto a truck and pick things out she went and got all of the bags and went through to see what else there was and all that she got other than the bags was this box of dolls and I hadn't even looked at them because we were so busy with the filming and moving. And when I came back to the store is when I saw them again. And when she, she thought that they were creepy, but she didn't tell me anything about what happened on the truck until I put together what had happened like when I figured out that it was this guy's clothing. When I, that was my you know whole theory on what was hap- what was going on in the shop. And then she decided at that moment to reveal to me that when she was on the truck, there was all this different like art and weird old stuff that kind of looked like pedophilia like it looked like like a like a pedophile's art like of like little boys paintings of little boys there were like pictures of altar boys um that it was all just like 1940s to 1960s and it and it felt to her like it was like a pedophile's art wall and so she left it all on the truck but she did take the box of dolls but left everything else behind because it felt creepy to her and the dolls didn't feel creepy to her? The dolls did feel creepy, but they were really cool. She didn't want the photos because they were of actual people. They were like photos and paintings of actual people. So she didn't want to touch them or have them. But the dolls, I guess she thought were okay. As I, again, have this little girl doll stare, like poking out of a box staring at me right now. So no, they were all creepy, but that's what happened. But she didn't tell me about it until after and that information would have been really helpful at the time so asa can oh you just chime God. in real quick any psychic stuff that's coming from this story because this to me this to me gives some kind of explanation to what got us there in the first place well i mean like i said oh, you know I, I said it that night i picked up this guy and i i didn't you know i wasn't sure i didn't want to say pedophile for sure but that's what i was feeling was something really strange and weird around children and this man and and that uh, you know, there's just not much that's darker than that, is there? You know what's crazy is that okay. So we're sitting. Like I told you, I'm sitting in the back of the store right now, like in my back storage room. I'm sitting on a pile of clothing, and I am facing <laughs> the box of dolls. And there's one doll this entire time we've been talking that her head is poking up out of the box, Stop and she's it. watching me like during this entire <laughs> conversation, which is funny that we're talking about the dolls right Liz. now because this is my viewpoint, and it's awful. <laughs> 
Liz, why are the dolls still there? Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.